Hello and welcome to the Fat Loss Uncomplicated podcast. This is episode seven and we are going to be talking all about habits today. I'm here, of course, with the amazing Grace. Hey, how are you? I am good. I am a couple of days out from my shirt, so I'm hungry. That close. Yeah, Saturday and today's Thursday. Shit. Yeah. How are you feeling in terms of energy? I I felt a bit crap at the start of the week, I think, when sort of peak week was hitting, but I'm just in a flow now. I'm like, look, I'm a couple of days out just get this shit done at this point. So I'm just ticking boxes. So are I'm you ready. doing like anything in terms of routine or in terms of changes? Yeah, so I'm like um done it, I've done a full carb like deload. So like minimal carbs, 50 grams of carbs for like four days. Yeah. Um, yeah, it wasn't a lot of fun. Don't try and train on that amount of carbs. Uh, and five li- five to six liters of water every day. Yeah. So now and you're in the middle of that carb deload right now. Finished it yesterday. So that's Wednesday, Sunday to Wednesday. And now the next two days, I get lots of carbs. How so how many are you going up to? I might go, not crazy. I might go up to about, because I'll, I'll respond really quick. So I think maybe four or 500 grams. That's a no. nice amount of carbs. Nice. It's not too, I've seen people go up to like a thousand. I don't know if I could, uh, that I would literally. At that, like, that, that point, it becomes a struggle. It's not nice yeah. to eat that amount of carbs. It's like forceful. And and the trick is you, you, you've not got to just eat that amount of carbs, but you've got to eat that amount of carbs while not consuming high fats at the same yeah. time. So it's it, not like, oh, I can just eat a pizza. It's no. like rice pasta um tricky potatoes yeah it, it becomes tricky when you know you've got to just do the carbs by themselves without all the fun stuff yeah but yeah, like we're just i'm taking over now i'm yeah it's been a surprisingly straightforward peak week i think because of the mindset it's very different than my last shit like i haven't really stressed about the last time i did a photo shoot i was really stressed about how i would look like, oh, I need to look this way and I need to do this. And now I'm just going into it going, do you know what? The hard work is done. I'm just going to like, you know, cruise into Saturday and just see how it goes. Good. Let's jump in with habits then. So when we talk about habits in fitness, I think a lot of people talk way too much about goals and less about habits and behaviors. Everyone wants to lose a stone. Everyone wants to be in shape. Everyone wants to look a certain way in the mirror but they talk a lot less about the systems and the habits and the behaviors that need to be put in place to actually get there and i think that is the real challenge isn't it the real challenge is long-term behavior change when you sort of change your behaviors you unlock that door to something becoming a habit when your habits change your life can completely change right yeah so like you oh like my thing i always say to people is you are a product of your daily habits. So what you do on a day-to-day basis, if you have habits that, you know, are healthy, I go for a walk every day, uh, I try and I try and get some movement in, I try and have, you know, foods that kind of nourish me, I have a little bit of self-care time, a little bit of me time. Those are all positive habits. You become a product of that. And the reverse is true. You know, if it's constantly yeah. Netflixing, if it's constantly, you know, takeaways, dominoes, uh, if you're, you know, eating foods that just are not aligned with where you want to be, you become a product of that. So habits are just so overlooked when it comes to, you know, you reaching where you want to get to. People always look at the end result. I want to lose a stone. You know, let's actually forget that and let's look at what are you doing on a daily basis and start from there. The things you do on a daily basis aren't attractive, though. Like we live in like a results focused society where everyone sees the end product and everyone idolizes that. That's the heroic act. So and so lost three stone. Grace lost 150 pounds, whatever it is. That's the thing that people see. People see the progress picture, but nobody looks at the daily repeated actions. And the daily repeated actions, they aren't sexy. They aren't, <laughs> they're boring. Like it's it's not seductive things that we're talking about here. Like there's never a news article saying, man goes to gym. <laughs> 
it's man loses three stone and competes in a triathlon like that's that that's the thing that people are attracted by but the day-to-day things they're not impressive they're not sexy I think a quote that I like is it it doesn't matter how successful or unsuccessful you are right now what matters is whether your habits are putting you on the path to succeed and that speaks volumes I think it doesn't matter where you are now the thing that you can control right now is where your habits are taking you they're the driving force aren't they yeah like loads of people always ask me grace how did you lose weight and they are literally waiting for me to say something magical <laughs> i swear over the last 10 years it was like oh how do you lose all that weight and they're waiting for some fucking magic formula to come out of my mouth and you know it their eyes glaze over when you're like so uh, i tracked my food and i was more mindful with my food i moved more Almost uh, disappointed by the by yeah. the answer, <laughs> and they just go, "Oh fuck that!" Okay, right, yeah. So no, it's not. You didn't yeah, take it. One of them. Much. One of them that you know, yeah, did it the right way, you know. And yeah, it's really, it's really boring. But it's the it's the people that just are boringly consistent. That you can't if, be a con- you cannot be a perfectionist when building no. these habits as well. That's the key here. You cannot be a perfectionist when changing your behaviors because the most important thing is consistency and that consistency will not look the way you hoped all the time it just won't especially at the start especially at the start like i always say to people when you first start in the gym your first five ten workouts they'll be ugly like you won't feel strong you'll feel probably out of place a little bit in that gym you won't feel fit. You're a th- your thousandth workout though. That, that'll be a workout where you feel strong. That'll be a workout where you walk into the gym with a little bit of confidence and a little bit of, yeah, I know what I'm doing here. And when you put any challenge like that, you can almost look at any result that you want and spread it out over a time scale and think, okay, I want to lose two stone. That may mean I need to be in a calorie deficit for... 160 days if you can look at that and think that's what i need to do i've got 160 days in front of me where i need to spend time in a calorie deficit i might need some days at maintenance but if you can just start ticking the boxes like time is going to pass by either way like you might as well get started whether it's perfect whether it's exactly how you imagined it just get started with it yeah i want to start with the bigger sort of reason as to why people can't make habits stick. And when we think about building these behaviors, like starting going to the gym, starting eating healthy, these things, if you do them for a week, doing them for a week is not the challenge. It's it's doing these things consistently over long periods of time. And I think for that to happen, you've got to find a way to sort of work through the the hard work because it is it is pain at the end of the day it is it's not easy and I think one of the key a lot of people assume that with going to the gym eating healthy if you do it for long enough and it becomes a habit therefore it becomes effortless <laughs> this is not true like it always will require effort but you just need to value the purpose enough to justify that effort on a daily basis right so when we talk about our reason why we do these things, a lot of people jump on a call with me and they say, I want to lose a stone. I just literally answer these questions and say, why? And people sometimes look back at me like, I didn't expect him to say that. Like, why, why do I want to lose? You need to understand what you think that's losing that stone will bring to your life. How do you think you will feel when you lose that stone because the more you can dig deeper into the true reason why you want to get there that's what you can start to link you can create sort of a mental correlation between this is the true reason why i want to do this and then you can link that to the hard work that needs to be done and when you can create that correlation that mental link between this is my real purpose behind this drive And this is the action that I need to do 
to accomplish where I want to be. When you can link those two things, that's when you can justify going to the gym and pushing yourself. That's when you can justify getting out of bed at 7am and doing that morning walk, even though you'd love to stay in bed. That's when it becomes a little bit easier and more enjoyable when you can justify it because you've got a real clear link between your purpose and the reason why. And it can sound a little bit cheesy. Like when I say to people, what, what's your why, what's your reason why you are doing this? But until you really figure that out, I do think it is a little bit hopeless trying to just, I want to lose the stone. Yeah. And I think like if your why is based in fear. So when it comes to kind of habits and motivation, you've got like towards and you've got away from. So most people are coming from the away from, which is kind of more fear based. Yeah. I, you know, I don't want to feel this. I don't want to feel this big. I don't want to be seen in a bikini. Um, I don't want to, you know, be intimate with my partner because I feel this way. And that's, those are away based. Those are fear based. So it's kind of like they're based in fear, fear of being seen, fear of not being liked, fear of being judged in the gym. So don't want to go you know, fear of missing out on life, they're all away from. But if you can kind of shift your habits and your focus and your motivation to towards, that's all based in positive positivity. I want to have more energy for my kids. That's positive. That's towards something positive. If you can shift towards literally more towards the towards side of motivation and habits, you're going to find that that's a big mindset shift overall in what you do and how you approach this. I always, I've literally noticed this with so many clients, typically the ones that have lost sort of three plus stone or two, because that's a big amount of weight that you've lost there. Those are the people that are at the start, they are running away from something. They are motivated by not being who they are now. And that definitely works to a point. Because once you get to a point where you look in the mirror and you think, I don't mind what I see in the mirror anymore. Maybe I've lost two stone and I don't hate who I am anymore. But then they don't have any motivation to continue doing these healthy habits. And that's where you've got to be motivated by positivity. That's where you've got to be motivated by enjoying what you do, doing it for maybe a health purpose becoming someone who you want to be rather than running away from someone you don't want to be. A really interesting study they did on this was they put a mouse or maybe a mouse or a rat in a tube and they dangled cheese at one end and they were recording how quickly the mouse traveled towards that cheese because that's you running towards something you want in life, okay? The mouse run at a certain pace towards that cheese as you would expect, but then they did this study again with the smell of a cat at the other end of the tube and that's you running away from something you don't want. That's the run away from fear. The mouse ran a lot quicker when it was running towards something it wanted and away from something it didn't want. And this is this is true for a lot of people that have a lot of weight to lose. They are running away from something. And that can be a great motivator up until a point. And then you've got to really start falling in love with the process or you'll lose out on these habits. You'll lose out on the enjoyment of the process and you will essentially probably end up back at square one. You've got to be motivated by loving the process and loving your body at the end of the day or it's not going to stick long term. Yeah, but I mean, that's what I found after losing, you know, 150 odd pounds. It was the way that kickstarted me. So away from being, you know, 21 stone size 26, literally a heart attack waiting to happen at that point and only 29 so that was in a way motivation was a great kickstart but it wasn't a way that carried me through 150 pounds it was the towards that kicked in so I want to have more energy I want to go shopping and enjoy it I want to be able to you know go on holiday and feel good you know in a swimsuit I want to be able to have the confidence to go on dates so Away is a great way to start, but it's not going to carry you through. Yeah, agreed. Um, One thing I did want to touch on is when you make this initial decision of, I want to change who I am, I want to implement these habits and behaviors into my life. I think a really important thing to remember is 
the more that you can stick to this behavior, the more confidence and self-belief that you will acquire in yourself to continue to stick to this behavior. And you see this so much with people that have tried to diet or tried to start an exercise regime, but they failed so many times. They genuinely just do not believe this is something I can do anymore. And that, that for me is sad. And I've spoke to a lot of these people and some of them will never jump into the program because even me giving them this, this tactical, this is exactly what we can do for you. This is the proof. They genuinely just do not believe I can stick to something. And that is because they've got so little self-confidence in themselves because they failed so many times that they genuinely believe I cannot do this. So once you commit to a decision, the more that you can make that decision or behavior a consistent thing, over time, you're going to reduce the amount of overthinking within that process. You're going to leave less room for potentially falling off track. Like when I wake up on a Monday, I don't think, I wonder if I'll go to the gym this week. Like it's programmed into my week and I know regardless of what else is going on in my life, I'll train at least three to four times this week because it's an integrated part of my routine. And I know that for a fact because I've got years and years of evidence of knowing I can do this thing regardless of whatever else is going on. I can do this thing. So especially at the start of your process, even when times are tough, show up because that is you. Even if it's not a perfect workout, even if you go to the gym, do 10 minutes, walk out, it's not the sort of perfection that we care about. It's the fact that you are showing up and adding another tick to the box that you are proving it to yourself, that you are someone who can do these things repeatedly. And the more you believe that, the more you will do it. Yeah, and I always like, like your thing is imperfect action. You know, stop trying to be perfect. And you had an Instagram story up this morning going, guys, just went to the gym, did 30 minutes. And you're like, is that optimal? You know, maybe not. Could have done 45, could have done an hour. That might be more optimal. But can, can I go to the gym knowing I can definitely do 30 minutes three, four times a week? Yes. So that's what I do. So that's imperfect action. Is, it a, is, that, is that a perfect training session? No. Are you still going it and moving and getting it into your day? Yes. So imperfect action will always beat trying to be perfect because you will not last at that. So I think finding habits that you know you definitely can implement is going to be really key. Be very realistic. Don't go, right, you know, I'm going to come on board, guys, give me a two-hour training session three, four times a week. Just try 30 minutes. If you can get 30 minutes in three times a week, and to be fair, most people can't find that. That is a much better starting place. Can you do that for six months? That's kind of something you got to ask yourself. Could you do it for a year? If so, yeah, that's a good habit to implement. So make sure it's it's sustainable and it's realistic and always prioritize imperfect action over, I'm just going to wait until the perfect moment. Yeah, I was listening to something the other day and it was it was all about how can you ensure that you fail in life? <laughs> and it was it, it said all these things because then you can flip it on its head but the key thing that I remember from this is even if you're doing everything else wrong but you are consistent there's still a chance you might get there and I think that is the the key that no matter what even if everything else isn't going your way even if you don't have the perfect plan and even if you're not as knowledgeable as you need to be you don't have the right support if you're consistent there's still a chance you'll get there. That is the underlying factor that in any success, unless you've got consistency, you are not going to get there. So ask yourself, what, what do I need to do to be consistent? Well, first of all, you've got to let go of this idea that showing up needs to be perfect. You've just got to show up and be consistent and it's another tick on the board. So that's why we talk so much about imperfect action because it's ticking that box proving to yourself that you can become that person. Another part that I wanted to speak about today is for these habits and behaviors to stick, you've essentially got to change your identity, haven't you? Mm -hmm. And I think this, this is a part that a lot of people struggle with, with their sort of weight loss and fat loss journey is they want the result without changing their identity. 
they want they want the end goal without being the person that it takes to get there and that that's how i can tell somebody's going to fail automatically like if you don't want to be that person you're not going to be able to keep those results and that's why a lot of people get to where they want to be once and then they fall back into exactly where they was before because they don't maintain that identity change yeah i think for you gotta think where you are right now if you're not happy with where you are right now it is going to involve a lot of change and it's just kind of how you embrace that you as a person i'm still the same person i was 160 pounds ago but my habits are way more in line with what i want to maintain now and, and who I am now, I, I want to be fit, I want to be strong, and I want to be healthy, so my habits correlate with that, so I had to look at where I was, and go, you know, I am going to have to change a lot of these habits, so do it in a sustainable and, and step-by-step way, but you can't stay where you're at, implement new habits, and then you're, and if you don't kind of make that into a lifestyle, you're going to absolutely just roll back, it is going to involve some type of change within you because that want to change is not enough. You have to know that there, you you have to start to prioritize those changes within you to be able to get to where you want to be. Yeah. I think like to change your habits, you've got to start believing new things about yourself. And I always think back to sort of when I first got into the gym, I was so immersed into that sort of, bodybuilder lifestyle like I was the kid that was nowhere near big enough but I was wearing the stringer vests in the gym I was I was that one that was carrying tubs of food around with me I was living the life of someone who was a bodybuilder and when you start believing those things about yourself when you start changing your identity first that's when you can start accomplishing those things a lot easier so, and I got, I got the message from Claire and that made me really think about this message from Claire said, I feel like an active person. I've never been that person driving to work this morning at 6am. There were a load of people running slash walking. Normally I'd drive past thinking fucking madheads. <laughs> now I think it might be good for me to get out this early doing actions of the person we want to be like that with the diet, with the change in our healthy eating, with getting into a new exercise routine. All we are doing is acting like the person we want to be. We're all imposters until we become who we want to be. And ask yourself, like, what would my ideal future self do in these scenarios? What would my ideal future self prioritize in their life? Any decision you come to in life where you're struggling, ask yourself, what would my ideal future self do in this scenario? I'm at KFC. What would my ideal future self do in this scenario? Well, I think my ideal future self would probably allow themselves something, but they'd be more mindful about it. They wouldn't get a full fucking boneless banquet to themselves and get large chips and the drink. They'd maybe just get the chicken and have some protein. Like when you ask yourselves these questions more on a daily basis, your decisions become a lot easier. You start prioritizing the person you want to be, your ideal future self, rather than where you are now. And when you act like your ideal future self for long enough, that's when you start becoming them. It's it's really quite simple. Yeah. And I think another thing to kind of think about is not trying to change all the habits all at once. And True. you can look at one to two, like what I would call like keystone habits. So, you know, if you're really lacking in confidence, you're lacking in self-esteem, you have no self-care, you're at the bottom of your list, you want to get healthier, fitter, stronger, look at a couple of keystone habits and then you'll find other little habits radiate from that. So if that's you that I've just described, a keystone habit could be saying no to more people so that you're not run ragged, you're not overwhelmed, you're not rushed off your feet, you're not constantly under pressure, you've got no time, you're stressed. Say a bit more yes to you. So yes time could be you know, going for a walk, could be listening to some music, reading a book, might be that you prioritize your sleep a bit better, that maybe you go to a yoga class or you do, you know, headspace up five minutes of meditation every day. Those, you can see how just saying no a little bit more is like your keystone habit. 
not in a selfish way, but in a self-care way. Now all of the other habits radiate around that from prioritizing sleep to because you're thinking about self-care, you're eating a little better. You're maybe trying to get in a bit more movement. So one to two keystone habits will help you build lots of other healthy habits kind of around that. And all of a sudden it doesn't feel like you have to just fucking change your entire life. You're just picking a couple of really key things that you can implement and you'll find everything radiates from those. I like that about saying no. This is really important. Something I listen to, the ultimate productivity hack is learning to say no. Yeah. Because how many times, do, I think that the people that I speak to that are always the most stressed, run down, these are the people that can never say no to people. And grab back some of your own fucking time. Like you'll be surprised how much time you get when you just start saying no to other people and and saying yes to what you want to do. It's crazy. Yeah. And I, I think once you prioritize you by just saying no a few times, you're going to be like, holy shit, I have this time back. I actually can do something for myself to make me feel good. No point in you making everybody else feel great and doing everything for everybody else and you feel like shit. You know, you're you're getting, you're literally getting nowhere. So saying no is hard for a lot of people, but it's one of the first things that potentially you need to start thinking about. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are just people pleasers and it's sort of ingrained into their identity. That's that's who I am. And that's another conversation for another day as to why they become like that. But learning to say no to people, you'll grab back so much of your time. And then the smaller amount of things that then you've got to focus on become a lot easier to accomplish. Like you've only got a finite amount of mental mental bandwidth each day that you can give to tasks. Yeah. If you give the majority of that to other people, no wonder you can't find the fucking energy to focus on your own workouts and focus on planning your own food and tracking your own food. No wonder implement to our clients on a daily basis. I would say mindfulness around food, and that can come in a lot of different ways, but probably the most obvious way is just understanding what you're intaking on a daily basis. So tracking your food. Yeah. It's not something that you have to do forever. You can become very intuitive about it, but certainly at the start, it's going to give you a real accountability. It's going to give you much more awareness about what's in the foods that you normally eat. And then you're going to understand where your fat loss calories are, where your maintenance calories are, and start to be able to balance those out while still having a life. So mindfulness around food comes in lots of different ways. Tracking is the most obvious way. But other ways are just understanding about macros, about foods, you know, leaning on your coaches to start to understand how macros work, how your nutrition works. So mindfulness around food, ticking that off daily. Over time, that's going to give you a real pattern in your foods, especially for women around your menstrual cycle. You'll start to understand how do I want to eat? What are my behaviors like? What are my habits like around food? So mindfulness around food is would probably be in my top three yeah I think one for me is the movement side of things like little small things like I'm becoming a person that always takes the stairs whenever I see stairs I'm gonna walk up them something tiny add that up over the course of a year parking as far away as possible in that car park when you pull up to Asda I'm going to take the spot at the other end of the car park. Nobody dings my car door anymore. I get 200 steps in walking there and back. Small details over the course of a year are huge. Yeah, I think probably next up for me would be some kind of headspace or self-care every day. Mm. And that's not being me being, you know, fluffy. It's self-care can be, you know, five minutes of reading a book getting the kids to bed early, having, you know, 10, 10, 10 minutes to listen to a podcast, i.e. this one, um, you know, go, going for a five-minute walk, you know, it, it could be having a longer shower, you know, it, self-care, that headspace, if you do that on a daily basis and you just make that part of your routine, you're going to be less stressed, you're going to sleep better, 
You're going to rely less on emotions around food. You're going to be more in control of your emotions uh, and your day-to-day -day life. You're going to be way clearer of mind. You're going to make better decisions when it comes to your health. So that five minutes seems like, you know, fuck all. But that five minutes for just you, not you and your partner, not you and the kids, not you and your workmates, just you every day or as many times during the week as you can, that will genuinely add up and you're relying less on things like food as your emotional crutch. You've got another more positive way to kind of decompress from life. Yeah, agreed. I think another one that is a little bit more detailed, but I think how you structure your meals throughout a day should be a habit that everyone tries to get themselves into, especially if your goal is fat loss, like eating your meals at the same time each day and getting into a real habit of when you eat. Like even physiologically, this makes some real sense because your hunger is a hormone. Like you'll know if you're not one of these people that eats breakfast you don't feel hungry at breakfast time. Some people are just like that. Like I'm like that. But if you start eating breakfast and you push yourself to eat breakfast and you do that for a week, guess what? You're going to start feeling hungry at breakfast time. When you, when you sort of get yourself into a habit of eating at certain times of the day, those will be the times of the day when you feel hungry. And this, I hear this with so many people that say, I just can't stop snacking. Like I always snack and it's like, okay, what, when are you eating? Well, I just, I have a little bit of something here and then I'm just sort of grazing throughout the day, really. Well, no wonder you're fucking hungry all day when you're eating all day. Fine tune your meals into certain pockets of the day. I'm going to eat between 10.30 and 11. Then I'm going to eat between 3.30 and 4. Figure out when that you can have those pockets within your life force yourself to them for the first week or two because it won't be the easiest thing like just force yourself to stick to them for a week or two and then you will continuously get hungry within those pockets and then it becomes a lot easier to not eat around these pockets and it the difficult part is making yourself do it for the first couple of weeks like I always say like an analogy I love a good analogy but forcing these things into your life like these habits it's always going to be difficult at the start. And I always say to people, like, imagine, imagine walking through a field of crops. The crops are like head high. Getting through them that first time, squashing them all down, moving them out of the way. The first time is hard. You come back the day after, it's slightly easier. You've got a slightly bit more defined path to get through these crops now. You know where you walked yesterday. Some of the crops are still stepped down from where you've been. It's a little bit easier. Day three, I can see the path. It's a lot easier. The crops are a little bit more flattened. I'm starting to walk through my own path a lot easier. When you do that for two weeks, your path is set out. Like It becomes a lot easier to follow your own habits when you stick to them consistently and push through that first one to two weeks. The path becomes a lot more set out for yourself. Yeah, I think that's brilliant. That's, I'm going to nick that, Dave. Um, <laughs> my my next one would be eat more vegetables like it sounds so fucking bad like it sounds like you know grace that's so basic it is fucking basic but nobody does it like one of the easier ways one of the easiest ways to kind of eat healthier is to add things to your diet and not keep removing them most people remove all of the stuff that they like they're fucking miserable and then they go they they break their diet and they go around in circles Adds thing, adding things is way more fun. So adding something like more veggies, a little bit more fruit, that is going to make this process a lot easier. You're adding high volume foods that don't have a lot of calories with tons of micro micronutrients that are literally going to make you feel better. So like one, one, one of our clients, like he, you know who I'm talking about, I'm not going to say the name, but hated vegetables. Like literally, if you looked at their plates, it's just beige. Now I said, right, get, get the veg in there, sneaky. Sneak it in however you want, make it sneaky, okay? Just cut it up really fine, get it in there. Whatever veg you think you can get in, make it sneaky. You know, we did that for what, a few weeks, 
you know, and all of a sudden now the veg is just out and proud on the plate, you know, and they're finding vegetables that they like. So find little ways to get some more high volume, sort of like low calorie, but super nutritious foods into your diet. It's more fun when you add to your diet. It's way less fun when you take away. I think both those things, fiber, like the the high volume food and protein, if you literally just think to yourself, I'm going to create a new habit of making sure every meal I have is based around a protein source and I get at least 30 grams in each meal that I have. And two out of those three meals a day, I'm going to make sure I have veg with them. Yeah. If you do those two things, you don't really have to think about much else. Like these could be like the core staples of your nutrition. I'm going to make sure I eat 30 grams of protein with every meal, base my meal around a protein source, and I'm going to make sure I get some veg in the meal or some salad or something green and fibrous. If you do those two things well, like you'd be surprised what the knock-on effect has. I feel much more full, which means automatically I'm eating within a calorie deficit and I'm finding it quite easy to stick to that calorie deficit. I've got more energy whoa, I, I feel like I can get out on that walk now. I feel like the gym sessions don't feel as as horrendous now because I feel a bit better about myself. Like these small staples with habits have such a knock-on effect to everything else you do. But yeah, protein, fiber, they're the keys with the nutrition that I think if you can do that with each of your meals, you're laughing at you. Yeah, and I think like that there's like a keystone habit. Yeah. Your protein with every meal, keystone habit, veg. Yeah. Two, two twice a day at least keystone habit look at what you've just mentioned that radiates from just those two habits probably the next one i'd mention is water because most people are dehydrated as fuck which makes you <laughs> feel really shit being dehydrated literally makes you feel like shit and then most people are um uh they're not drinking enough they're also mixing up hunger with thirst so you could well be really thirsty and then be like, mm, I'm, you know, I'm going to have, I'm going to have uh, this Mars bar because I'm hungry. When actually you're actually thirsty and you can do with a pint of water. If you're only having 500 milliliters, we're not going to say, right, go, go and jug down four liters. Like just get it topped up by 250 mil. Then once that becomes a habit, go for a liter. Then when that becomes a habit, go for 1250 milliliters. You know, make, make take little small steps, but you're gonna find that water is good for hair, skin, nails, good for your overall gut and digestive health. It's gonna help you feel fuller as well. Um, and especially when you're eating out, like one of the things that we both always say is big pint of water before you go for eating out and have water with your meal. It's gonna yeah. help you feel fuller and it's gonna help you digest the food and make better choices. So water is one to not be overlooked. Again, it's like vegetables, it's fucking basic. Yeah. And we talk about how we implement these habits, which we're going to touch on in a sec. But a simple one with water is you make a habit obvious. If a habit isn't obvious for you, if there's too much friction between you and the habit you want to perform, you're not going to do it on a daily basis. So if you want to drink more water, get yourself a nice fucking bottle of water and carry that shit round with you everywhere. You wonder why you're not drinking enough water is because you don't have water with you. <laughs> like It's as simple as that. Get yourself a bottle, a nice bottle that you'll enjoy carrying. Like when fucking Haley bought us yeah. this little bad boy. I like, was like, yeah. With a habit, you need to make it obvious. You need to make it attractive. Get yourself a nice bottle. You're making it attractive. Make it obvious. You carry it with you absolutely everywhere. Like those are just two key little things. Anyway, we're going to touch on when, when I, like I talked about habits there, we need to make it obvious. Like that's the cue that we talked about at the start. We need to make it attractive. This is another part of why we do something because we're attracted to it. We need to make it easy and we need to make it satisfying. These are the four things that I think, this is part of James Clear Atomic Habits, by the way, but these are the four sort of stages. We need to make it obvious. We need to make it attractive. We need to make it easy. We need to make it satisfying. So when we talk about making a habit obvious, this is where designing your environment really comes in. If you want to eat more fruit, have some really fucking attractive fruit on your kitchen table all the time. 
make it obvious. Simple things like this, becoming having a habit become obvious and visible. Like if you are struggling to stick to your diet, pre-plan your food into my fitness pal. If you are struggling to have a protein shake every day, prepare that protein shake the night before, put it in the fridge and make it a habit that you grab that protein shake out of the fridge. Like if you make the habits obvious to yourself, if you want to read more, put a book on your bedside table, then it becomes so obvious that every time you get into bed, the book's there staring at you. It's almost like you feel bad to not pick it up. Like it becomes more of a chore to avoid the habit than actually commit to doing it. That's when you know you can start to commit to something when it's so obvious and visible. Do you know what I mean? It's there, right, I need to do it. That's a key part to any habit. Yeah, if you're making your habits really difficult to do, like, are you actually going to be able to do them for that long? Can you do that habit for a year? Like, make it really easy, really obvious so that you can get it done. Like, that's definitely part one. I think a good one here is it, like people say to me, oh, I forget to track my food. Like, all right, move your apps around on your home screen. This is a key one as well. You go on Instagram too much. Mm, move your Instagram right to the far page of your apps. Move your MyFitnessPal and have it as the only fucking app on your home screen. <laughs> I'm telling you, you won't forget to track your food because every time you unlock your phone, you'll see nothing but MyFitnessPal. Simple, but again, you're making it so obvious and visible that it becomes a cue. I've seen it, I do it. I see the book on my bedside table before bed, I need to do read that 10 pages. I see my protein shake out on the side before I go to work, I need to grab it. Make these things obvious to yourself. Another part of this, which I think is a good one from the, from the James Clear's book, is habit stacking. Mm. Find a current habit and stack it with a new habit. I will have my morning coffee while I am going for a walk. The current habit is the morning coffee, but I'm going to get my steps in while I have it. Two habits that you can stack together, something you already do every single day, and put a new habit with it that you want to continue doing. After I brush my teeth, I will log my food. I will prepare and log my food for the next day straight after I brush my teeth. The brushing your teeth is the habit that you do every day. Logging your food is something that you tend to forget, but you want to make a habit for the next day. Simple, but effective. Yeah. Like one of the things I do is if I'm in the gym training, I always listen to a podcast on my headphones. I don't listen to music. So it means then that might be my one time that day to get, you know, 30 minutes, an hour, however long the session is but I want to listen to a podcast that I like to enjoy. That's going to make me feel good. That'll make me think. So that's like a little bit of self-care time, but also with a movement attached to it, both self-care to be fair, but one's physical and one's headspace. So it's like, there's two habits that I can stack together. I can listen to music anytime, but normally the gym is podcast time. So it's like that podcast makes me feel productive, makes me think, get stuff going in my brain. But then the physical makes me feel good, gives me energy. So it's the two of those put together. They're two, two small habits, but put together, stacked on top of one another. You know, you you leave that situation feeling way better. Same with the mm. coffee and the walk. Yeah. And then this is this kind of ties into it, but you need to make a habit attractive as well. And this is another thing where you can sort of pair something you want to do with something you need to do. So for example... I want to watch the new episode of Top Boy on Netflix, but I need to do my cardio. I'm going to watch Top Boy while I'm doing my cardio. Something you want to do with something you need to do. If you can make your habits more attractive to you, and this is again another one where you could say, I need to get my steps in on the morning. But I really enjoy that morning coffee, so I'm going to make sure I have my coffee but I only allow myself to have it while I'm doing those steps. Another thing, I want to do this, I need to do this, join them together. Another way you can sort of make these things more attractive is what we do, join a group where the desired behavior is the normal behavior. And that's why the community aspect of what we do is so important. Because 
when somebody is trying to stick to a healthy diet and exercise more, doing it within their social group of friends where nobody else does that or within their family household where nobody else does that, no wonder it's difficult to put these habits into your life. When you join a community or a social group where the things I'm trying to do are the absolute norm for everyone in there, no wonder you start doing them easier. It becomes part of your day-to-day thing because you're within a social construct where this is the normal thing to do. Everyone within our group tracks their calories. Everyone within our group goes for their morning walk. I need to do my morning walk because everyone else is doing it. That that makes the, the sort of behaviors more attractive, doesn't it? Yeah, and I think that all that comes again rolls back around into environment. If mm. you're in, if you're with us, you've got your coaches. That's part of your environment. You've got the community. That's part of your environment. It's a really positive, productive, healthy environment to be in. You've got to then look at your environment at home. So yeah. setting up your environment for success towards your chosen goal will have a big impact. Agreed. The next one is you need to make it easy. So this is all about sort of reducing friction between you and the habit you want to put into your life. Okay, so this is about reducing the number of steps between you and the given habit that you want to sort of put in there. So a good one about this that I think about, make sure your gym is on the way home from work. Like If you want to go to the gym, but to get to that habit, there is the step of, well, I need to get home. I need to pack my gym stuff. I need to drive back to the gym. Those number of steps between you and your habit make it difficult. They create friction. And what we want is the least possible friction or resistance between you and the habit you want to put into your life. If you've got a gym which is literally on the way home from work and you drive past that shit every day and have to look it in the face, it's obvious, it's visible, you're reducing the friction you're much more likely to put that habit into your life when it's right there and you drive past it and there's no friction between someone else who's got to drive an hour home, pack the gym stuff. They look at the sofa and think, oh, I'd love to sit there for 10 minutes. And then they've got to get back in the car, drive back to the gym, park up, sit there for another 20 minutes thinking, fuck, I don't want to go in. All those steps make it difficult and you're not going to stick to a habit if it's difficult. Seeing when it comes to food, like, you know, you don't have to become a chef overnight. Keep it basic. Keep it simple. You yeah. know, have your home filled with foods that are going to help you on your journey. If yeah. you are, if you've got cupboards in a fridge full of shit, like you're really making this way more difficult than it has to be. You know, I know some like a lot of ladies might have kids and obviously, you know, they've got traits and things, but put them somewhere that's not where you're going to be all the time. So put them in a cupboard or a drawer somewhere where it's not fucking next to the cutlery or, you know, it's not in the fridge so that you have to physically go out of your way to get the kids treats, you know, get keep stuff in the fridge in your cupboards that stare you in the face all the time, which is going to be beneficial for you. Don't make it harder than it, than it already has to be. It's You've made a good point there that everything we are saying here flip it on its head if you want to get out of a bad habit like if you want to get out of a bad habit like we're saying here we're making things obvious and attractive you need to make these things unobvious so having food laid out or just staring at you in the fridge you're making it obvious to put all the nice foods in the fridge put the nice fruit on the table make those things obvious if you've got some sweet stash Put it in the fucking cupboard upstairs. Make sure you've got to walk up the stairs. You will not grab that shit every five minutes or think about it when it's stashed upstairs somewhere. Yes, if you've got kids, you can go up and get some for them. But again, it's putting the steps in place to make it more difficult. The last one, make it satisfying. It's fulfilling that loop of, I've done this thing. I get the reward. I feel good about myself. And I think that's part of what coaching does because when a client does something great, they've got someone in the corner clapping for them and they get addicted to that. They get addicted to that feeling of somebody's giving me positive reinforcement for doing these good things. I'm going to keep doing them. And Mm -hmm. a client said to me the other day on a call, like, 
it feels childish, but I kind of want to impress you and Grace. And it's like, <laughs> good, good. We're all humans. We crave positive reinforcement from, from other people. Like this is what we're, this is what we're sort of fine tuned to be. That's what we enjoy. So if you get that positive reinforcement, if you get some sort of thing to make it satisfying when you've done some of these things, and this is why I think these little apps where you can create like um, streaks of habits, like that's that's the reward. Even a to-do list is another small version of you're making a habit satisfying. We all love when we've got something to do and you write it down and you just tick that box at the end and you think, yes, fucking get in. I've ticked it. I've done it. That's you craving that little hit of dopamine where you feel like you've ticked something off. You feel like you've accomplished it. When you make a habit satisfying, you're much more likely to fulfill it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that, it's that positive loop. You've created a positive loop, a toward loop. We all love that positive reinforcement. And it's, you don't always get that in your home life. You're not always going to have that support. But we you know when you're when you're with us, you've got that from your coaches. You've also got it from your wider community. You know, we might shout out and go, you know, Carolyn's fucking smashed this week, lads. You know, and you've got 40, 50 other people going, fuck yes. So that then feeds back into that positive look. So that will always drive you forward. Definitely the further you get into the process, that that positive feedback. Yeah, agreed. And you can even do this with little things like I, I've got these tiny little fucking yogurts that I love to eat. They're childish as fuck. But every time I nail a gym session, I'm going to have my yogurts. Like they're my thing that I think I really genuinely look forward to them in a day. And I think that's my reward. Like if I've done a gym session, I'm going to eat the thing that I really like to eat. And I'm not saying fucking nail a pizza after a gym session because you're taking it too far. Don't listen to this and take it too far. But if there's something small, if there's something that you really enjoy and you can think I'm going to eat that after every time I work out, Boom. That's your, that's your satisfaction. That's your reward. You're fulfilling the loop. Yeah. For me, it's a flat white. Is it? Yeah. If I have a gym session, I usually get a flat white after. Nice. I'm a coffee nerd. So I'm like, I'm going to go and get a nice flat white. Not a shit one, not a barista bar. Um, but like a good flat white from somewhere that I like. That's like, for me, that's like my thing. Love that. I think that's everything we needed to cover today. Yeah, that's it. Habits done and dusted, right, guys? <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty much it. We've done a good yeah. job there. As always, guys, if you're listening to this and you think, I like these two, maybe I could join their team, drop us a message on Instagram, go on my profile, or you can fill out the application form and book yourself a call. Um, as always, give us five stars on Spotify. Give us a follow as well. And um, And yeah, thank you, Grace, for joining us. See you soon, guys. See you soon, guys. Thank you.